Welcome to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with Marilyn Mosier. Don't you wish there was a reset button to life? We've got the next best thing. This is a place for you to share your story and perhaps get some answers you need in life to find courage to overcome your fears and discover your true self as you empower others to do the same. Now, here is your host, Marilyn Mosier. Welcome to Code to Grace. I'm Marilyn Mosier, your host, and this is a place where we encourage, educate, inspire you to choose courage to overcome obstacles and challenges in your life as we discover ways to empower others and ourselves to live a life full of purpose. I'm just so glad that you've joined me today, and with March being... um, kind of the precursor before spring and we we see um, the springtime is when there's like a fresh start in the world and with our seasons and I thought with March I wanted to focus on this month some miraculous stories of friends and and people that I've met Um, and recently I met a really really wonderful young gal that was connected with me through our Throne Publishing which Throne Publishing is where we air our studio or the studio where we uh, do our recordings and through for our show Code to Grace. And I just wanted to bring on Brandy. She is an amazing um, miracle story that is writing her book and writing her story. And uh, Jeremy wanted me to meet her and, and have her share with us because she's gone through some very difficult challenges in her life. And she's really has a powerful story that I really want you all to hear. And I wanted to just read a little bit about her biography before we start with her. Are you there, Brandy? I am here, Marilyn. Yay. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting. Yeah, this is just so awesome. And and when I first heard your story and talked to you, I was blown away by your incredible courage and just the the way that God touched your life and, and the way you've come through such hardship and such a traumatic uh, part of your life that, that has taught you so much and given you such insight. And so to God be the glory for that. I'm so, so excited to hear from you today. But Brandy, um, I want to say your name, hopefully I say it correctly, Aspinall. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Brandy Aspinall. Yep. So you are a fifth generation Colorado born native with a passion for living singing, dancing, and anything outdoors. Growing up in the country provided her with access to many skills and instilled a hard work ethic. She fell in love with horses and singing at an early age. As the daughter of a professional calf roper and a professional barrel racer, this made this very easy. So she became a rodeo world champion by the age of 13 and was afforded the opportunity Her sophomore year in high school, a a full-ride rodeo scholarship to the Southwestern Oklahoma State University. But life, however, changed course for her. In her senior year in high school, she was no longer training for the next championship or singing at events. She was fighting for her life. With all of the ups and downs, turns and twists, there was one thing that remained and still remains stable, and that's Jesus Christ in her unwavering provision. From the world champion to the deathbed, life complications to miraculous encounters, the testimony that God has given her is above that his love. 
Above all that is his love. And now a successful businesswoman. She's involved in real estate and she's a loving wife and mother. And she still faces challenges every day. But the road that she has walked isn't meant to be a sorrowful one. This journey called life has become a testimony to proclaim Jesus' love into people's lives, to encourage through dark times and thriving times. She has been given a life that has and will continue to proclaim God's love in the courts of men. So what a powerful testimony. And I can't wait to have you share with us, Brandy, just walk us through um, the beginning. Why, you know, as you're preparing for this world champion um, ship rodeo and and being um, in this amazing part of your life as a young teen, what came to into your life or what how did that course change for you and and walk us through your journey so I'm going to hand it over to you to tell us your story yeah okay well thank you again thank you I am humbled um that you would reach out to me and and um it's a phenomenal opportunity Marilyn thank you so much um just to witness of God's love and um his steadfastness in in our lives um, so my story, starting back, um, um, as you heard in my bio, came from a professional rodeo family, and so I was trained to be, you know, and, and taught to be very independent and competitive, um, caring in all of it, um, and so, yeah, by the age of 13, um, I, I did win my first world title and um, at a Little Bridges World Championship, <laughs> that's what they called the rodeos that I was at, it was a, a national um, championship, and um, and then continued from there. Um, it was part of my life. Excellence was always um, called upon, maybe not perfection, uh, however, excellence. And um, my sister is one of my heroes, which you'll hear about in the book. However, I always strived to be um, um, kind of like her. She was amazing. She was one of my role models. And so within that, um, following in her footsteps through um, junior rodeos, Little Bridges rodeos, um, high school rodeos into college, um, her college coach knew about me because of her and sought me out my sophomore year to kind of wrap up a, a full-ride rodeo scholarship. And um, when it came to my senior year, November 17th of 1998, I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic lymphoma, which is um, a cancer of the lymph nodes, specifically the white T-cell, which is the T-cell that um, fights infection in your body. So um, at that point, um, there was there was a two-week journey, which seems short, and it was. That's why it was called acute, because it was a fast onset of lymphoma, where I was used to run two miles Every day, lift weights three times a week. I was also playing volleyball, you know, doing soccer, rodeoing, um, very involved in choir and um, singing the national anthem and doing a lot of stuff um, in the community. And then one day I stopped being able to run the two miles. Uh, There was something that was happening in my body. They couldn't understand it. Doctors, different doctors saw me. Um, I started losing weight. My throat started swelling. And in 98, there was a virus that was going around, and that virus was causing infection in the throat, so it was swelling the throat lymph nodes. So my the cancer that they eventually found that I had <clears throat> ended up actually being in my neck lymph nodes is where it first 
surfaced as far as external, what they could tell. And, um, and so kind of backtracking, when I wasn't able to run those two miles and I started losing massive weight, I lost 28 pounds in two weeks. My throat started to swell. I was eating ice chips, and they couldn't figure out what was going on, and they needed my lymph nodes in my neck, my tonsils and everything to unswell because they thought maybe I had an infection behind, um, behind in my throat somewhere. And so they gave me a drug called prednisone, which um, is an anti-inflammatory steroid. <laughs> and, and at the time, they didn't know what I had, which was a tumor. It was in my chest, and it filled me from front to back. Um, it was it was about the size of my hand, which you cannot tell what the size of my hand is <laughs> in a radio talk show. However, um, it was almost filled my entire chest cavity um, from my sternum um, down, uh, kind of below my lungs, and it filled me from front to back. It went around all of my organs. They did not know I had that, so when they gave me prednisone, which is a type of um, which was actually in a chemo regimen for the type of cancer I had, not knowing that I had that type of cancer. That prednisone immediately attacked that tumor. It kicked out uric acid and crystallized and shut down my kidneys. So the reason we found out that I actually had um, cancer of the lymph nodes is I went into the hospital in total renal failure. So my kidneys had shut down and crystallized, and I was throwing up water. Um, I am the stubborn person who wouldn't go into the hospital um, until it got to the point where my mom was just like, this is ridiculous. You're throwing up water. We need to go in now. And so um, at the age of 17, um, when I was diagnosed, I, I, uh, uh, we went into the hospital to the emergency room because it was a Monday night. Um, it was a 98-99, you know, football season. The Broncos were headed to the Super Bowl. Woo-woo! Um, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't go until after the Bronco game. That's a little <laughs> bit of my stubborn story here. Wow. Uh, and I went uh, in, and they... Uh, this is, I mean, this is just, God's provision is so amazing because even though we had to go in on a Monday night um, into the emergency room, one of the doctors on call was actually my pediatrician who had been following my case and who had been taking blood samples and attempting to figure out what was going on in my body. Um, and so he actually came into the emergency room and was there. Um, I don't remember a lot of being in the emergency room. At that time, my body was at 47% acidity, um, which was, it's, I mean, very, very high. It's almost two points away from death. Um, Mm -hmm. My kidneys had completely crystallized and shut down. I was having trouble breathing. And so he suggested taking a CAT scan and x-ray my my chest cavity to see if there was an infection that went to my lungs to see if we needed to do something antibiotic-wise, I guess, is kind of where my parents were at. Um, making these decisions with my doctor, so they um, so they took an X-ray. The last, the next thing I remember from showing up to the emergency room, I don't remember anything until kind of opening my eyes and seeing that X-ray get put up on the X-ray screen. And I looked at my mom, and I might get emotional here. And all she did was shake her head and sit down like she was about ready to pass out. And I looked over at the X-ray, and all you could see was white. It was the tumor. It was just white. You couldn't see anything except for white. And, um, and then this is where my timeline gets a little spotty in and out because this is where God's provision steps in. So I was literally laying on my deathbed. I was in the hospital, and the doctors were telling my parents to prepare 
because they did not see me coming out of this. They couldn't treat the cancer until my kidneys started working and my kidneys were crystallized. And so within that, um, it was very interesting because I wasn't laying on that hospital bed asking for forgiveness. I wasn't laying on that hospital bed, you know, praying for my own healing. What God did is he stepped in the gap and he sent people to be there and he sent people to pray and he sent people. Um, my dad tells a story of, um, of a gentleman who called him and he was actually um, headed. See, this is where my story gets spotty and I wanted to have my notes here. However, um, <laughs> he was headed um, to a different country and he said, Bill, I heard something is going on. Bill is my father. Um, he said, I heard something is going on with your daughter what is happening, please tell me. I'm getting on a plane. I'm headed um, to the other side of the world. <laughs> and, um, and my dad told him, and he said, well, you go and you tell Brandy that today prayers for her have gone around the world. Um, and so they, him and his team, his missionary team, went and literally prayed for me on the plane all the way to their destination, and then at that destination prayed for me as well. Um, there was also a uh, team of... Um, uh, uh, motorcycle evangelists that heard about me from, and this is all within like a week, um, heard about me from another source and they came in and anointed me and prayed over me. And it was just one of those things that there was so much prayer and so much stepping in the gap. You can't plan that. You can't plan, hey, by the way, your pediatrician is going to be on call. And the best um, kidney specialist in the nation is going to be at the hospital when you need them. The best um, oncologists in the nation are going to be. God lined up a team of professionals, the medical professionals for me, without me lifting a finger or without me. He literally came and brought that love within those within those times. Um, there was one woman, one of the testimony stories uh, during this time, my first day in the hospital. Um, that that came in and prayed for me from about um, three in the afternoon to three the next morning. Um, she just walked in, sat down in a chair, told my parents she was going to pray, and just sat and prayed and prayed and prayed. Another woman came in and was massaging my feet during this prayer time. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal, strong women in my life still today. Um, and at about the woman who was praying in the corner of the room um, at a certain point in time, uh, walked out and told my parents that it was finished. Um, there was, it was about 3 o'clock the next morning. And um, then told them the vision that she had of me. And she said that she didn't know what it meant. However, um, however, it was finished and kind of walked away and left my parents in like kind of a, what, <laughs> what's going on? You know, when someone walks out and just says, it was finished, what's finished? What, right. what is going on during this time? You know, I don't know if you can imagine. Um, yeah. I know I couldn't cause I was in the situation. I wasn't a parent. Right. Um, and is that good or is having, that bad? <laughs> you yeah. know, is it finished? Yeah. What does that mean? Um, yeah. And so from there, one of my best friends at the time, um, her mother had had a dream that same night that the other woman was, was praying, 
and um, sent the daughter to the hospital, my, one of my best friends, and told her to tell my parents the dream that she had. And she said, I want you to tell it in two parts. The first is, I'm going to tell you this, and if this rings true, I want to tell you the second part of the dream. So she was talking to my parents. She said um, that her mother woke up at 3.15 in the morning. That morning, so the one woman who was praying walked out, said it is finished, left. 3.15, she was woken up. This other woman was woken up with a dream. She said, this is what I saw. And she started describing my room perfectly. She'd never been in my room. It was one of those times where there was only certain people allowed to come in because they didn't really know what was going on with my body. They pretty much were preparing for me to die. And so she started describing my room to my parents. There's a stained glass painting over here. There's a woman in the corner of the room praying. Her legs look like they're moving up and down. And for any of you guys who have had surgery, you understand that when you're laying on your back, they have to put these really fun pumps on your legs <laughs> to mm-hmm. keep your blood circulating while you're laying flat on your back. They're awesome. I call them little massagers, so I've gotten yeah. used to them <laughs> over the years. <laughs> and uh, um, and so she said her legs look like you're moving up and down. Does this, any of this ring true? My parents are at this time kind of bawling, like, yes. It's literally you're describing a room. And she said, okay. So this next part was also part of the dream. Um, she said, at one, at a certain point, angels appeared. There were two on the sides of the bed and one at the end. And at the two on the sides um, were there. And when the one at the end of the bed appeared, he, he was so big, this angel, he or she, you know, was so big that you couldn't see anything above the chest. Like it went through the ceiling. And at a certain point in time, I rose up off the bed and started spinning. Um, This was in her dream. And light started shooting out of me. And then a a little bit later in the dream, the two angels on the sides rose up and they started spinning and shooting out lights. And then the one at the end spread his wings and laid them over the bed. And um, that next day... <laughs> my kidneys started functioning. I started um, coming out of this weird kind of coma-ish state. Um, one of the nurses that had had to go home over the weekend, um, when she came back, she was in tears because they had, you know, she was like, what is going on? She thought, thought that um, that I was literally done for. So it was an awesome testimony of of God's love and His grace because everything just started functioning. Things started working right. Um, The kidney specialist was just in awe. Like, this does not happen. Kidneys don't start just coming back to life and working on their own. Um, It was was a time of, of a lot of other people being able to give their testimony and using that as far as what God was doing in me because I was just laying there receiving the love and His grace. And it was um, really powerful to look back on and think yeah. that you can be in a state of complete death. You know, it says in the scriptures, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I was literally in a shadow. I wasn't in death. I was in the shadow. And God pulsated that shadow with his light and his love. 
And when that happens, the darkness Mm -hmm. has to shatter. And that light sparks out from within you and around you and through you, even if you don't even know what is going on. God invades that darkness and says, not my child. No, this is not okay. There is a purpose that I'm going to take this and use it for. I did not put this on you my child and the enemy is coming against you, I will not stand because that is not the covenant. That is not not the covenant that I, in the New Testament I gave Jesus for this reason. Because a lot of people are sitting like, okay, I get it that Jesus came for all my suffering. I get it that he came for you know, all my disease and all my sickness. He came to heal all that. However, right now I have a headache. Or right now I'm headed to the hospital because X, Y, and Z. Or maybe a sibling or a mom or a dad or a grandma or grandpa or somebody in your life is going through something horrendous and there's a question of why. Why God? And it is okay to question, even Jesus questions, you know, why me? You know, just in the in the garden, right? He says, why? If, if you can let this cup pass from me, let it pass from me. However, he knows that God can create anything and have a purpose. He has a purpose for your life. He has right. love that can invade. And when you open up and you let that happen and you get your own thinking, my dad always says, thinking, thinking, <laughs> when you get your <laughs> own thinking out of the way, you know, and you just let the miracles happen and you take out all of the logic, all of the know-how, everything you've heard, everything that you've been taught, and you let God take over, miracles, miraculous things can happen. Not one doctor understands why things started functioning, why my kidneys came back. Why, um, you know, we, we did the first x-ray, which was um, the whole tumor that filled me in the chest. Then we did a second x-ray, which we never saw. A third one, um, uh, which came, I found out, I thought it was two weeks after. It was actually a month or so after. Because um, what happened was they told me I was supposed to be in the hospital um, if I came around from that first one, I was supposed to be in there um, six to ten weeks minimum. And I walked out two weeks to the day on my dad's birthday because I guess that was a wish, a want of mine. I kept asking, I just want to be home on my dad's birthday. I just want to be home on my dad's birthday. And God gave us that gift. I walked out of the hospital and I was home on my dad's birthday. Um, Wonderful. um, And then the doctors also said that once the chemo was over, because they were putting me on a whole regiment, and once that was over, I should have somewhere a dead sack where it originated because I couldn't tell right up front where it originated. However, I would have a dead sack. And on the third x-ray, um, I believe it's a month or a month and two weeks after um, I walked out of the hospital, they couldn't find it. Like, there's, there's no sign of the tumor. There's no sign of damage. There's no sign my kidneys completely work. Um, there's just everything of man's knowledge. You know, it also says in the scriptures, let all men be liars and let God be true. And in that, yeah. God's truth is that you're healed. God's truth yeah. is that he loves you so much, he's going to bring redemption to any situation. Um, we live in a fallen state. We know that. We live in, in you know, this, this sinful state. However, <laughs> mm-hmm. God covers that with, you know, our Papa loves us so much mm-hmm. that he sent his only son to die for that fallen state and his mm-hmm. truth and his love is full healing and completeness. So when you walk in that, not that it's easy, 
However, when you choose to focus on that, not on the disease or the situation, there's so much power and there's so much room for him to work in your life. It just becomes something that's sustainable. That is so incredible. That that is so incredible. I'm just getting chills, but we have to run to a break. Quick, Brandy, but when we come back, we're going to bring this um, second phase of what you went through after that miraculous healing and just knowing um, that second part of your story is just incredible, too. And so we will be right back after this message with Brandy and hearing about her wonderful, miraculous healing. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What is biohacking and why should you care? Marilyn Mosier has partnered with a publicly traded nutrigenomics company that uses technology and biology to turn back the clock at the cellular level. These products help you combat the issues of age-related conditions in a proven and patented plan of action. All of us want to live longer and healthier lives. But to reach that goal, we know people will first need to biohack both their physical and financial health. For more information, visit CodeToGrace.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to Code to Grace, the Empowered Women's Guide to Life. Please join your host, Marilyn Mosier, for another special program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to meet with you again. Welcome back to Code to Grace. I'm your host, Marilyn Mosier, and today I'm talking with a very special guest, Brandy, and she is, um, her last name, Aspinall, Brandy Aspinall from Colorado, and she is a real estate, busy mom, a wife, and she's really... Um, has an amazing story that she's writing a book called Go! Stories of Temporary Defeat, Relentless Survival, and Absolute Victory. And I met her through um, our publisher, Jeremy Brown at Throne Publishing, and we connected through him, and she is in the middle of writing this amazing book about her story, journey from being diagnosed with cancer, and um, then having this miraculous healing that she had as a young teenager, and how it 
that's changed her life. And we were just discussing before the break how after she was diagnosed, she went into a coma. Her kidneys were shut down. She had some amazing, powerful people in her life that were praying over her and God's healing power. And it transformed her situation. Her kidneys began working. She was able to get out of the hospital. And she is just walking us through this journey that she went through. That has got me just chills going through my body because it's so incredible. But I titled this interview with Brandy, Go Beyond Healing. And that's because what I'm hearing from her is is just there's more to, uh, you know, something like she talked about is, you know, God's provision for our life and whatever trials we might be in the midst of. It's knowing and trusting and having that amazing faith in God and his love for us that has transformed her. And this story really will give you um, an awesome feeling of knowing that this is this is incredible, that the power of God's love and the power of healing mercies. So I want to bring you back on. We've got Brandy Espinal from Colorado. She's actually a professional real estate um and she's busy with that and her kids and her life and her husband. Um, but she's taken a few minutes out of her day to share her amazing, incredible story with us. So, Brandy, I want you to get right into the second phase of what we were talking about with your journey. So, welcome back to the yeah. show. Yeah, thank you again. Um, yeah, so second phase after after the miraculous first healing. Um, wow, jumping forward in the story. There was a point in time when um, the chemotherapy, um, my, my blood counts were, um, as far as the white T-cell, was 0.1 white blood count, which, for those of you who know, is kind of like um, an AIDS patient in their last stages where, where infection and stuff starts taking over their body, which sounds horrendous, and it was. Um, I went into, um, I had pneumonia. I had caught pneumonia with that type of um, white blood cell count um, to fight the infection, which the cancer was of the white blood cells. So there was a lot of speculation around if I was going to make it again during that time. I was a girl in the bubble, which is hard for me. I'm not a bubble type person. Um, and no one could touch me. They'd come into the room. My um, Man, God bless my teachers since I was a senior in high school. Um, they would send work home with my mom. My mom would come in and read to me and quiz me, and I'd take the test in the bubble and then she would write down my answers and send it back, and and um, God brought a miraculous healing there. Um, the next stage uh, moving forward was I had um, what's called global amnesia, which is amnesia of the brain. I went into um, for about 10 days. My temperature one night had started going up, and when you're going through chemo, um, when you hit 100, um, in your temperature, you immediately go into the hospital. And so it's something that, that they monitor very closely. So I had gone in for an outpatient treatment, and then that, my temperature started spiking, so they admitted me. And I don't remember 10 days of my life um, at that time. And, and my brain was swelling. The um, doctors didn't know if, again, here we are at death's door, you know, if I'd ever come out of that, if it was going to increase to where, you know, I just, stayed in that comatose state, and so my parents at that time had arranged how they would do every night in the hospital. My mom would come one night, my dad would come the other night. Phenomenal, phenomenal team, um, truly inspiring. Another part of one of my 
my parts of my book talks about being your superhero or who that is or who your heroes are, and and they are also significant. I talked about my sister a little bit earlier. Um, they are also significant, my family and my life um, during this time, uh, heroes that I look up to. And um, so they would transition, sorry, every night, um, who would stay. And so um, one evening, it was during the transition, my mom was headed home, and um, and she heard an audible voice, and, and it's not that she's heard it before. It's nothing that is, like, crazy weird. However, if you hear an audible voice, probably pretty shocking. It'd be shocking to me. I can only imagine. Um, and on her way home, she said, Today, Linda, your daughter makes a choice. And for that to be heard, what choice that is, again, very vague. Today, Linda, your daughter makes a choice. Linda's my mom. And... Uh, she drove home and got on her knees and cried out to Papa God. And she had then a vision, which I just found this out because I interviewed my parents for my book to fill in some of the holes. Um, she had a vision of, if you will, almost my soul separating from my body and then that turning and looking at myself on the hospital bed. I did not know that part, which is really interesting to me. Um, and then she just pretty much, she said what she had to do is release me to God and say, I am releasing my daughter. She is yours. And she went and slept the best sleep she has ever slept in her whole entire life, <laughs> which that's a God provision thing. She's exhausted and <laughs> not wanting to sleep. And, and yeah. um, you can only imagine as a, as a mom myself now um, having mm-hmm. to do that. Right. Um, talk about strength and power and, and trusting in God, man, I, whew, um, yeah, heroes to look up to there. Mm-hmm. And so the next morning, um, she came back uh, to the room, and, and nurses started giving testimonies to my parents um, through this time, this 10-day period, about an aroma, so you couldn't smell it in the hall. When you stepped over, if you will, the threshold of the door into my room, there was a sweet, beautiful smell. And they could not place where that smell was coming from. It was very relaxing and very soothing and very peaceful. And so they would come in on their lunch breaks. They would come in just to get renewed and feel because when you're up on a cancer ward at the hospital, you're there not really to live. Usually you're there because you're more towards death's door. <laughs> so, right. um, and so the nurses just had this peace and they would come in and of course I slept through this too. <laughs> right. I was laughing. I'm like, I slept through all that. I experienced it somehow, physically, emotionally, spiritually, except I don't fully consciously remember it. Um, wow. Anyway, so my mom came back the next morning and she was reading her Bible and I, I can always um, email you the scriptural reference, except it says, um, you know, he spoke to her and said, again, in an audible voice, saying, Linda, your daughter will live and not die, and testify of my love in the course of men. And so, from that, it kind of became my, my mantra, my purpose. I believe it's Psalm 118, 17 which is very interesting that it is Psalms 118, 17. <laughs> like, I have yeah. a lot of 17s running through my oh. life. Um, right. Because 17 is when you were diagnosed, right? Yeah. Age 17. Yep. Age 17 on the 17th of November. 
Yeah. Um, Remember you saying He'd that. also given me Psalms 103, which is, you know, I will rise you up on, um, on the wings of eagles. I will restore your youth. I have separated, you know, your sins as far as the east is from the west. You know, your transgressions have been removed. Like, so it's, there's, there's kind of a theme of peace and love and the number 17 <laughs> running yeah. through my life at this wow. time. So that's, yeah. Um, people would actually come up to my parents to check on them and see how they were doing, and they'd end up ministering to them and bringing the peace of God to them during that time. And it was, it was very interesting how God can use that type of a situation Wow. Yes. Isn't that, you know, so true? And I've I've gone through that with my mother-in-law with her cancer. And I remember, you know, like you say, there's usually that, you know, the cancer ward is just so dark and such a dreary place. But just to know that, you know, you had this, this amazing aroma in your room and this light that was coming, you know, through your example and through your parents' you know, strong faith. That is that is so incredible. So, um, I, I want you to just t- touch on before we ha- we're heading to break here in a few minutes. But what was the aha moment that that you decided? You know what? I need to write my story because your story is so powerful. And I, I'm hoping the listeners are are putting it on their list of what to look for because it's going to be an amazing book. But it's called Go: Stories of Temporary Defeat, Relentless Survival, and Absolute Victory. And so I'm, I'm excited to have that book come out. But what was your aha moment where you thought, you know what, this has to go into print? So it wasn't an actual one moment. It was about five people telling me I needed to. Um, at the beginning of <laughs> this interview, I, I alluded to my stubbornness. And I kind of... In my life, God has always been kind of, hey, you need to do this, hey, you need to do this, and then slaps me <laughs> in a loving way <laughs> and says, guess what, you're doing this. <laughs> um, uh, and so just the past couple years when I've been ministering to people or praying for people or and I, and I tell them a few snippets of, of my youth and then moving into, you know, um, now, they're going, when are you going to write this down so that people can just be encouraged and loved? Oh, I'll get to that. Yes, I will. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm planning on it sometime. Then um, my cousin, um, Jory, he works with Throne Publishing, and he came. I sat on a panel of experts to be interviewed and, and talked to, and I gave a little bit of my story and encouragement to other professionals in, in our industry and other industries, and and when I walked out, because he'd come to listen to that, he said, all right, enough. I have a gentleman who you need to connect with. You are going to write your story. And that was kind of my aha moment is when God really opened those doors of stop it. This is something that doesn't just need to be shared here or there. The, the world needs to hear right. about what I have done for you, and mm-hmm. it, it was kind of, um, kind of a yeah. It's it's selfish of me yeah. to keep it, <laughs> right? You know? Because plus, yeah, what a gift you have! Like you know, you can look of it as as a horrible experience, but 
what a gift it's given you because had you not gone through that journey, your faith would be so different right now or, you know, you would yeah. think it would be different, right? Because you've been through the valley and you've, you know, had this amazing healing and you've had this, you know, provision of God that, you know, understanding of his word and his healing and his grace and and his love. And it's so you have an amazing a, a gift that you need to share. And I suppose that's why that's probably the why you chose the name or the, you know, title go, because it's like go proclaim <laughs> or I'm just guessing. Yeah. Yep. No, that's exactly why. Um, okay. I was actually struggling with the title go. I was like, what does that mean? It's like, no thrive or light or something <laughs> you know, in my <laughs> mind. And then our pastor actually did a sermon on Paul and, and the struggle that he had there, you know, when it was turning from Saul to Paul and um, and then God tells him to go and testify of me. Mm-hmm. And it really hit me. It's like, yeah, go and testify of me. Because the testimony isn't what I have now done through this. The testimony is of God and how he is working through this. And right. that is, it, it's so true to that you can take this and be like, well, I have done and I have, no, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I know, it's totally Jesus. It was totally Papa God, you know, wow. and yeah. and and that, that mouthpiece so you can either hide behind the circumstance or say, no, I'm mm-hmm. going to proclaim his goodness um, over this. You know, my, my dad had an experience when he was walking out of the hospital one of the nights that I was in there, and he saw these kids outside, and they were all, you know, smoking and tatted up, and, you know, and he was like, why God? Why my daughter? Why not them? And God completely corrected him. You know, because he's a father. He's angry. And he was having this. He's like, right. why? You know, she has all of her yeah. in a row. She's smart. She's good. You know, and, and God goes, I love them. I love your daughter. I love. And the story. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I love. And right. then he immediately got a call from another gentleman who had uh, a wife who had just gone through a stroke. And my dad was just kind of falling apart on the phone with him. And he's like, I don't know. How are you handling that? Because how, how are you handling your wife going through this? And, and um, this other gentleman said, you can't. <laughs> you know, back on his heels. He goes, he goes you know, Bill, because they're pastors. My dad was a pastor. My mom's a pastor. You know, so they're talking. <laughs> he yeah. goes, you know, Bill, because um, Bill's my father. Um, he goes, because God has given me the grace to go through what I am going through right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you're doing what you're doing with your daughter because God has given you the grace to go through what you're going through right now. Because he's your provision no matter where you're at in life, whether you're thriving and everything is going fantastic or whether you're on the deathbed. He's mm-hmm. going to be your provision. Just right. remember that. And that is something wow. that has been instilled in me from that point forward absolutely yes well I love that and we need to run to a quick break but we will be right back speaking with another miracle that uh, she is sharing her amazing story of the book that she's writing called go stories of temptation or stories of temporary defeat and relentless survival and absolute victory and we've our guest Brandy Espinal is sharing her amazing journey with us today so we will be right back after these messages 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What is biohacking and why should you care? Marilyn Mosier has partnered with a publicly traded nutrigenomics company that uses technology and biology to turn back the clock at the cellular level. These products help you combat the issues of age-related conditions in a proven and patented plan of action. All of us want to live longer and healthier lives. But to reach that goal, we know people will first need to biohack both their physical and financial health. For more information, visit CodeToGrace.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to Code to Grace, the Empowered Women's Guide to Life. Please join your host, Marilyn Mosier, for another special program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to meet with you again. Welcome back to Code to Grace. I'm your host, Marilyn Mosier. Today, we're talking about miracles. And in the month of March, I wanted to cover some amazing, incredible journeys of people that I've known. And I met this gal through, uh, I was connected to her through my publisher, Jeremy Brown, through Throne Publishing. And Brandy Espinal has an amazing, incredible story, how she was a young teenager, a rodeo champion, headed off to her full-ride scholarship at Southwestern Oklahoma State University. But then life happened and she was diagnosed in 1998 at the age of 17 of um, cancer, acute leukemia. And so I wanted to bring her on to share some more of her journey. And she has been telling us about her miraculous healing that she went through and um, from the deathbed to victory. And so she's in the middle of writing her book and writing her story. And her book is called Go Stories of Temporary Defeat relentless survival and absolute victory so welcome back to the show brandy and just such an honor to get to know you and have you on our show today so i just wanted to have you talk about this last segment you know we talked about the healing and the journey and you know what that all uh, brought you through and what a gift that was looking back and what your decision to write this 
amazing story and how it can sharing your story can help encourage and and help you know build belief and, and faith in those that are struggling to understand what God's provision in their life and what their struggles are and and why they're going through what they're going through but how has this experience changed you and your faith and you want to bring us like kind of up to speed of what you're doing now and um, and how that stronger faith is is helping you and in, in being the person that you are now in life. Yeah. Um, wow, yeah. Um, the journey has been um, quite intense in an awesome way. <laughs> and um, so after that day in the hospital where God spoke to my mom saying, today, Linda, your daughter makes a choice. She will live and not die and testify of my love in the courts of men. And I started coming back to and reteaching myself how to memorize and walk. There's a part of my book, you know, the first part, um, I had to reteach myself how to memorize, and I started with cue cards saying table, chair, and book. <laughs> and I couldn't remember book, and then I'd say table, chair, and book. <laughs> anyway, um, and finally started to memorize stuff. Uh, my short-term memory was just gone. However, God provided that as well. Two weeks after that, I was on the back of a horse um, competing at national high school finals. Um, in the barrel racing competition, and um, and then when I went to college, my faith started be having to become my own because during that time there were people who were stepping in the gap. Then the chemo started doing things to my body, not the actual cancer. They couldn't find the cancer after those first initial couple of weeks um, in the hospital. However, I still had to go through the regiment because the type it was. And so since then, I've had to have six hip surgeries. Um, I came home from college from that radio scholarship to get them done. Um, three on each hip, so I'm fully replaced on both hips. Um, and at that time, then I started asking why. You know, my parents had their why moments, then I started asking why. Haven't I been through enough? And he just kept saying, trust in me. I love you. And um, and building that faith, you know, Paul even asked, you know, God, I believe, help my unbelief. <laughs> so sometimes right. that faith, isn't your own. Sometimes God places it in you, and when you look back, you're like, wow, I didn't have to have that faith during that time. I just had to lay it down at his feet and say, okay, though you slay me, I will trust you, you know, being, uh, which is what Job said, you know, and, and, it, and you come to that point. Um, you know, I actually had a conversation with the devil, if you will, the enemy, it's part of my book too, in the hospital. I said, you know what? Um, since I'm a singer in sports and all of that, which was stripped and taken away. And I said, fine, you can have it all. The one thing you cannot have is my soul. You cannot have my salvation because my God loves me. And so that was a turning point for me, um, coming home, having the hip surgeries. Then just um, November 17th of 2016, jump forward to the future. There's a lot of stuff that happened in between there, however, um, one day I started having some issues with my eyesight and I went in and they found a tumor on my brain and it was caused from the radiation when I had chemo when I was 17. They had to remove that, you know, um, and then there was complications which led to four other surgeries. After that, I actually had one two weeks ago because my incision from the radiation, my skin is very thin on my head and it wouldn't seal, so I kept leaking CSF fluids, so they kept opening me up and scrubbing me out, and I'd sit in the hospital, and, and it has been um, 
quite a journey. They also told me when I was younger, after 17, that I would never have children. I have two amazingly beautiful girls. One just turned four, um, and the other one is 14 weeks. <laughs> and, um, I know, wow. All of, yes, I had November 17th of 2016. I had my first brain surgery, and November 17th of 2017, I gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. Um, and, and through all that, it's just like, okay, how much more can a body take? Well, <laughs> I don't know. God has that provision. So it's one of those things where all those nevers that man spoke over me, God said, no, there is joy and there's hope and there's redemption in this. And you're not a survivor. You're a thriver. And right. it's one of those things where a lot of people who have been through what I have been through keep identifying with the survivor point in their life. Like, I'm surviving this. And God calls us to thrive. He calls us to go beyond that. And um, I've poured that into our real estate business, the people that we help, um, people that we minister to, my own family, realizing that, you know, raising these two powerful, amazing, independent little girls, that, that you're thriving in this life because of who your Papa God is. Um, wow. that the challenges that this world throws at you, they're just challenges. They're not, they're not there to, it's not going to stop you. Um, you get to face that with boldness because of who your, your God is. So, mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that determined spirit is what brought you through, you know, part of what brought you through this journey and just that you're stubborn, but those type of people, you know, you're a survivor and you're a thriver. And that's probably why you're doing so well just as a young teen, you know, um, being a professional or, you know, being a a rodeo uh, queen or rodeo um, champion, I should say. And knowing that you were, yeah, right. (laughs) Not the, well, you're you're a queen in in God's eyes, but you know what I mean? You're a champion because you have fighting spirit and you also in real estate you earn this uh, a lot of awards innovative real estate awards rookie of the year the five million club highest sale of the year award the rising star award and that just speaks to what kind of character you have and you know you just never quit and you're always striving for more and that is incredible and that is also you know because you have that great faith inside of you and never give up and so I am super excited for your book to come out and I wanted to give out your um, email address or how can the listeners out there get a hold of you? Is it brandy at espinalcoliving.com? Uh, Is that the best address mm-hmm. or how on social media yeah. should they get a hold of you? Yeah, um, yeah so that, that's my email that I check most often. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. <laughs> it is okay, my so it's email. brandy, B-R-A-N-D-I at A-S-P-I-N-A-L-L-C-O-L-I-V-I-N-G. So, Brandy at Aspinall um, CO Living, or Colorado Living, I think, right? Dot com. Yeah. And that's your real estate um, address. And she is just a zest for life and an amazing woman. And Brandy, I wish you all the success in the world. And as you share God's love and his amazing story that you've been through and and how his provision and love and grace has touched your life, it's, it's going to be a powerful testimony for years to come. And I'm so, so excited that you were able to uh, connect with us for a few hours or a 
or you should say a few minutes because it, it was um, almost a full hour. But um, it's been great to have you as part of our show. And I just want you to know, um, you know, if there's anything you need, you know, reach out to me. Otherwise, I want to wish you the best of luck and, and all of God's blessings as you finish your book, Go. Yeah. And it's Go Stories of Temporary Defeat, Relentless Survival, and Absolute Victory. So I wish you the best of luck. And thank you again for being part of our show today. Thanks, Brandy, for joining us. Take care. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you for listening to Code to Grace, the Empowered Women's Guide to Life. Please join your host, Marilyn Mosier, for another special program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to meet with you again. 